So the, this morning, um, I'm going to read from John uh, chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. It says, On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Now, I'm a little ornery sometimes. <laughs> I'll just let you know that. So whenever I hear about this and read about these guys, they're, they're scared, they're trying to be quiet, and they're locked in this room, and they're all trying to you know, not create too much noise, everybody keep it down, because they're looking for us, we're afraid somebody's going to find us, and they're trying to be all nice and quiet, and the doors are locked, they're not expecting anybody to come and join them, and all of a sudden, here's Jesus with them, and he says something, I'm thinking Jesus comes in the room, he's like, peace be with you, Right? <laughs> And scares the jinkies out of everybody in the room. Now, that's the way I read it, because I'm a little ornery sometimes. And my family would tell you, of course that's the way I would read it, because this is the way I would enter a room. And we've got a story involving a bowl of cereal. We won't go into that, but you could ask my family about that if you'd like. Anyway, Jesus is probably nicer than I am. So he probably didn't bust in and scare the jinkies out of everybody. He probably just came in nice and peaceful, and he said... Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord because this is the evening of Easter Sunday. That morning is when they went to the tomb and they found it empty. Mary went to the tomb and saw that it was empty. She went back and told them, hey, it's empty. The the stone is moved. There's nothing in there. And Peter and John, they ran to check out the situation and they saw that he was, it was empty. All they saw was some cloth laying there in the tomb, and, and they were confused of what was happening. Later that morning, Jesus appeared to Mary and said, it's me, here I am, Mary, it's me. And she realized it's him. She went back to tell them, the disciples, what she had saw, that she had seen the risen Lord. But here they are in this locked room, maybe not believing, you know, what Mary had to say. You know, Mary... Magdalene's kind of got a past. Oh, who knows what Mary saw or what really happened. Maybe they didn't believe her and trust her. Anyway, here they are in this locked room. And here's Jesus, the one that died, right? But is risen. So they were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. So again, Jesus said to them, because they probably didn't get it the first time, he said to them, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, called Didymus, or called the twin, one of the twelve was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were, And put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. Unless I see it, he's from Missouri, right? Thomas is from Missouri. Got to show me or I ain't going to believe it. I got to see it. Well, a week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them this time. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you! Right? (laughs) Now, the first time, I can understand because they're scared, they're confused, it's a tense moment, but now they should be ready for it, right? They've seen him, I'm thinking, you know, 
I think Jesus had some fun, just like we like to have fun. I don't know. Maybe he didn't. He says, peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Then he said, stop doubting and believe. Where do you think we might be going this morning, by the way, with that little line right there? Probably not too hard to figure out. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. This is the word of our holy God with some Kobe Pulse commentary for the people of God. And we say, thanks be to God. So at youth group, um, we read scriptures and talk about them. And, and one of the things we do at youth group is, I hope, is that we learn how to read the Bible. Because um, it's not like if you would go to the library and see Jennifer or Joellen, and they'd help you pick out a book, um, you just read it. Well, you've really got to approach the Bible differently. And it helps to know who wrote the scripture, who'd they write it to, what was the purpose. It's helpful to know all those things. But there's something else that always stands out. And we always kind of point out when we're studying scripture at youth group that if something is repeated two or three times, that's probably something we ought to look at. There's probably a reason why they put that in there two or three times. So here in this short scripture, um, John includes these words, peace be with you, three different times. Twice within that first setting when they were in the upper room and the doors were locked and Jesus came to them, he said, peace be with you. And then again when they were with Thomas a week later, he said that. So why would John include those? What's the importance of those words? Well, the word peace just simply means quietness or rest, um, peace of mind or a calmness of heart. It means exactly what we think it means. So nothing earth-shattering there necessarily. And, and, the, and the phrase, peace be with you, that was a common greeting in those days. A lot of Paul's letters have that phrase, peace be with you. That's how he uh, speaks to the the congregations that he's writing his letters to. Peace be with you. But maybe, and this is what I think, Paul or John makes a point of wording this three times to kind of remind us of the promises that Jesus had made to them earlier in John's gospel. And the point of Jesus maybe saying this is reminding them of the promises he made to them earlier in, the, in his ministry. For example, on John chapter 14, in verses 25 through 27, Jesus says, all this I have spoken while I was, while still with you, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So they're in this upper room, right? They're in this room and they're locked and they're afraid. He says, peace be with you. Maybe reminding them, I told you as I am going, I am leaving my peace with you. There's no reason to be afraid. And then again in chapter 16 of John, Jesus has these words for him in verse number 33. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. 
You know, in Jesus' ministry and all of Scripture that we read about Jesus' life and, and as he was going around from place to place, never, ever do we hear about Jesus just completely losing it and freaking out about the situation, right? Jesus is never pacing the floor anxiously. He's never um, just worrying himself sick or he's never just paralyzed with fear. He's always got this peace in all situations about him. And then he reminds us that while he's got this peace, in this world there is trouble, right? In this world there is conflict, there's struggle, health issues, financial issues, pain, trauma. There's all of these things that even though we can have this peace in here, out here there's this other stuff going on. But in the midst of all this stuff going on in here, we can have peace, quietness, calmness of heart, peace of mind. We can have this this control, really, right, over ourselves. And the greatest example, I think, that we have of the peace of Jesus Christ was when he was hanging on the cross. He's hanging on the cross, and he's got this thief on one side taunting him and talking, you know, nasty things to him. But he doesn't give this guy his attention. No, he focuses on this other fellow over here, and and he tells him, today you will be with me in paradise, right? And while the people are on the ground hurling all these insults at him, oh, you are so big and bad, tear down the temple, you're going to build it in three days, right? You know, he doesn't get all snarky and say, well, I'll show you, right? He doesn't do that. Actually, what he does is he says, Father, forgive them. So in the midst of, of this anger and these harsh words, in the middle of his worst pain and greatest agony, there's a peace in Jesus and he, that allows him to still bring the kingdom of God into the lives of the people around him. That's an amazing peace, right? So when Jesus says, peace be with you, he's kind of telling them calmness, rest, presence of God be with you so that you would have peace of mind and calmness of heart, not just for yourself in the midst of pain and conflict and struggle, but so that you may bring the kingdom of God into the lives around you. And he tells them that the source of his the source of his peace is from the Holy Spirit. And he says, I'm leaving that with you. The source that I have that brings me my peace, I'm giving that source to you when I leave. So now the disciples, they're in this room, and they're locked, right? Locked in this room because they're afraid. They're locked in this room with Thomas where there's all this doubt. They're letting the fear and the doubt of the situations that that they're facing overrule their hearts, right? They're letting this control their actions and their faithfulness. Even after Jesus appeared the first time to them, in the middle of the room, a week later, there were Thomas, and it says, again, the doors were still locked. Even though they saw that he was alive, and he said, peace be with you, don't be afraid, even though all this happened, a week later, they're still in there with locked doors. And so Jesus comes appears to Thomas and says, hey, here's my scars. Check out my scars I've got. And then he tells him, stop doubting and believe. Now, I don't think he was just talking to Thomas when he said those words. I think he was talking to the whole group. Stop doubting and believe. Stop 
being afraid and trust. Stop locking the door and keeping out the presence of God. See that? Stop keeping God's presence out and letting doubt and fear come in. Open that door. Unlock that door. And let the presence of God come in where you have peace, where you have calmness of heart, peace of mind. Now for us, here in Missouri, show us, we got to see it, we know what pain looks like because we've seen pain. And we know that we know what tragedy looks like. We know what deep sorrow and agony and death. We know what that looks like because we've seen it. We've experienced it. We've watched our loved ones in hospitals slowly fade away, or all of a sudden we've lost them. We've faced the pain and the suffering. We've experienced that in our own lives. Some way, somehow, we've all, every one of us have experienced pain and trauma and conflict. We've experienced that. So we know what that looks like. And it's easy for us to let that rule in our hearts. We're easy to let, it's easy to let that, that pain and the struggle, it's easy to let that develop the fear and the doubt that we have with us that guides our actions, that guides our words, that guides our response to the situation. The disciples, they were in the room, cowering, afraid, confused. And Jesus comes and says, the peace of God be with you to calm you and give you strength to endure these seasons of pain and trauma, and to guide you through this confusion. Jesus sees them locked in the room, and he says, stop letting fear and doubt have their way with you. Believe, have hope. Go in faith and trust that I am with you, that I will never, ever, ever leave you alone. Trust in that. He says, I'm going but there's a presence, a holy counselor that's going to be with you. You will never be alone. Trust in that promise. Do we trust in that promise? Do we believe that promise from Jesus? Or are we still locking the doors and allowing doubt and fear control our response to the situation that's going on out here around us. On this Sunday, one week after celebrating the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, we had a bunch of people here last week. It was amazing. The worship served, both of them, I thought were awesome. Wasn't it awesome to see the choir all gathered up here? I got a little watery-eyed, both services. I thought it was just awesome seeing them stand up there, and then they sounded amazing. And we had this wonderful celebration, right? That Jesus is alive. Hope is alive. But if we lock these doors and keep that presence out, we still have the world around us, the conflict, the struggle, the pain. We still have that going on. So if we're keeping that peace and presence out of us, then we're allowing doubt and fear are going to build up inside of us, and that's going to control how we respond to the situations around us. But if Jesus is alive, and if his promises are true, then there is hope, right? There is hope, there is healing, there is strength, there is guidance, there is power, there's freedom 
There's all these things for us in Christ, in Jesus, the one who came, the one who died, the one who rose again. There is all of this for us, and there's promise that we can trust in and we can move forward in. So that now, no matter what's going on around us, we're responding with this peace of God that is within us, this presence of God guiding us and directing us so that we can bring the kingdom of God into the lives around us. Because Easter is not just about Jesus died and rose again, so good for you. Easter is about Jesus died and rose again, and he's alive, and there's this presence of God living in you because of it, so that you may go and tell everyone that Jesus is alive, and that relationship with God is a real thing, and it is here right now. And while the conflict and the trouble does not go away ever, ever, ever in this life, in this world, peace within does come. And there's this relationship that guides us and directs us through this time. So, we're, so this Easter is not just about, okay, this is a wonderful thing for us. It's a wonderful thing for everyone, and we're supposed to go and share that with others, right? But how do we do that? Because we live in Missouri with all these other Missourians that say, you got to show me. God's real, but I don't see God. Jesus is real, and he's alive. Well, where is he, right? We're supposed to show them. We're supposed to tell them about this, but we don't have the nail-scarred hands to show it to them, right? We don't have the hole in his side for them to see. Or do we? Because we are the body of Christ, Right? And I don't know about you, but I've got some scars. And I think we probably all have wounds that have been healed and new skin has grown over where healing has happened, right? Don't we all have scars to share and to talk about? Now, I don't mean this one time when I was cutting meat in St. Joe and I you know, got down to the knuckle on my, on my hand. I don't mean that scar. I mean those other scars about when I experienced betrayal from friends, when I felt lonely and there was the presence of God with me. I'm talking about those scars where I felt hurt and pain and struggle and there came Jesus, bringing healing and worth to my life. Don't we all have those holes in our lives that we tried to fill and it just kept emptying back out. We tried to fill it with this and it emptied and we filled it with whatever and it emptied back out. But then Jesus came and he filled it and he brought fulfillment, made us whole, gave us purpose. Don't we all have that in our lives that we can share? I mean, we don't have Jesus standing right here to show the scars in the hands and we don't have this, the hole in his side to look at. We are the body of Christ with the scars that have been healed. We are the evidence of God's kingdom coming into this world, bringing healing and restoration. We have the holes where Christ has brought purpose and value and says, I choose you to be my child. We have that, right? So they want to see God's work at hand. All we've got to say is, here's my scars. Look at these scars. Check out this hole where Christ has filled it. Easter is not just a story of what God has done 
for you. It's a beginning of what God has done for everyone. And Jesus says, as the Father sent me to usher in the kingdom, so I am sending you to continue the work of God's kingdom, that everyone may know the healing, the love, the grace of God that comes to every single person. So this morning I encourage you not to hide behind these locked doors, not to let the conflict and the struggle that is around us, let the fear and doubt build up inside of us and be what's guiding us to respond, but the love, the grace that Christ brings into our lives that we experience by opening ourselves up and allowing Christ to come in this morning. Allow Christ to come in, bringing the peace of God that guides us to usher in his kingdom into the world around us. Amen. If you would all please stand up, and let's all join together in singing, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus.